Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as she is quantum extracted in episode 508. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. How about you? Coming down with a cold. Oh, no. Jim, I got a cold again, and so now I'm getting it. <laughs> it's just, a week and a half I think, after. I think you guys are just passing around to each other is all you're doing. Uh, probably. Well, it doesn't <laughs> help when that, you know, she comes to our bed and sleeps and coughs in my face all night. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> Uh, did you guys do anything this week? I went and saw Ghostbusters since nobody else is going to chime in. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife. Everybody seen it? I have not. Oh, no. Keith. Well, I can only say that it's the most satisfying sequel I've seen in a long, long time. And it hits all of the right nostalgia buttons. It's not without its problems. It has a few little things that I thought maybe were a little too unexplained but it's just it's so much fun and you have and it's just it's it's full of little surprises and and nods and callbacks it's totally totally worth the money in fact i'm thinking about going to see it again this weekend it's so good you went to the amc sean i did we uh we we had to jump through some pretty massive hoops to make it happen that way but uh but they got to go see an IMAX in Manhattan, and uh, that was worth it too. Well, so. I saw you got the Ecto One, so <laughs> that's how I, I knew. Did. That's <laughs> how I knew you went to an AMC. That that was kind of the whole impetus of it. Uh, I, I it was you know they, they announced it, and I was like, "Ooh, that's a cool popcorn bucket." And then they said that it was you know kind of an opening night thing, and it was like, ah, and I can't order them online. I have to be in theater, huh? Ah. <laughs> And then I called the uh, Manhattan AMC, and they're like, yeah, we got about 100 of them. And I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we pulled some strings and jumped through the hoops and ran down and saw it and ran back and got my popcorn bucket. And it was, it was insanely worthy. And I asked the guy, he hands us the box and then hands us a bucket of popcorn. And I said, what, you're not ripping these open and pouring the oily, greasy popcorn right on the inside in front of the collectors? <laughs> And he stopped for a minute and he goes, we considered it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the movie's great. If, you, if you're if you waiting for the official review, I'm, I'm hoping to get the Flicks with Friends version of the review up uh, uh, in the next day or so. But um, yeah, go, go, go see this movie. Yeah, man, so good. More than I, more than I anticipated, more than I expected. Sometimes I get, my expectations get a little higher. And they should, and this one, I didn't even get close to the expectations I had for it, so. Well, you really, I mean, they've been teasing us with this movie, not just in the, hey, are we ever going to make one, but Ghostbusters Afterlife is, I mean, it feels like five years that we've been waiting for this thing to come out. And so, with every delay, with every, oh, we've bumped the date to such and such, oh, COVID happened, so we've bumped the date to this, oh, now we're going to make you wait one more week. I was fairly convinced the movie didn't exist. like i thought that maybe they had just filmed a trailer and that was it and eventually they were going to reveal this big joke haha fooled you because i wasn't sure it actually was going to happen and then they started doing the talk show rounds and hitting the promotion circuit and i'm like there may actually be a movie but i'm not going to believe it until i sit in the theater and 
the screen comes up and it says Ghostbusters Afterlife, and then there's an actual film and not just clips of Mac and me. Because <laughs> I wouldn't put that past Paul Rudd either. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I it, it kind of hit me when I was about two-thirds of the way through it. What makes it work the most is it's not just a Ghostbusters film. It's like they took Ghostbusters and crammed in some Goonies and then added a dash of Gremlins. And that mm-hmm. was and that's exactly what the movie is. It's it's tonally spot on. Whereas regardless of your feelings politically about the 2016 movie, um it it in my mind it failed because they set out to make a comedy. Right. And Ghostbusters isn't a comedy. It's a sci-fi movie and a horror movie and and a comedy. And uh you know, it it's got it all of these Yeah, exactly. They they don't well, they don't I... set out to tell a joke. They just happen to have a joke. And and this hits that same level of yeah, it just checked all the boxes and it feels very 80s even though it's not the, the 2016 one tried to just be a comedy, I think is what you're trying to say because yeah. Ghostbusters is a comedy, but it's a horror comedy. And that's yes. where that's where the the new Ghostbusters missed it. Uh, and the 2016 also tried to update the comedy to be more modern style well, of and, comedy. And also, they the jokes went too far. Like just yeah. at about the time that you felt like they should have stopped, they kept going, and it was like, okay, you've you obviously drew that out too far, so now it's not funny. Well, that's kind of that was that's been kind of the comedy trend lately, or at yeah, least a while. That's ago. true. That's true. Anyway, we're well, not here to bash the 2016. Yeah, we're here to no, 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 praise. No, wasn't my, we're here to praise Afterlife. <laughs> wasn't my goal. But yeah, no, Afterlife, amazing. Did you guys do anything else this week? Well, if you have to think that long, then we'll go ahead and yeah. move on. To, <laughs> let's just move on to the uh, review because, man, I am so excited to talk about this week's episode. Oh, does that mean you liked this oh, week's episode? Man, did I like this week's episode. Really? Keith, you got a uh, synopsis for Village of the Angels? Devon, November 1967. A little girl has gone missing. Professor Eustace Jericho is conducting psychic experiments. Can you state your name, please? Claire Brown. In the village graveyard, there is one gravestone too many. It's happening again. We're missing a little girl. Why is Metterton known as the Cursed Village? And what do the Weeping Angels want? Everyone in the village disappears on the 21st of November, 1967. Jericho, wait! What's going on? Tonight. I don't have a dun-dun-dun big enough for this episode I, I i i couldn't even do it i couldn't even come close i could but it would blow out your ears so. <laughs> out of respect for our listeners being able to tune in again next week i'll i'll, I'll refrain i'm afraid i'd break another mic if i tried so <laughs> oh that's what happened <laughs> yeah. i squeezed I, I squeed so hard that i broke my other microphone <laughs> <laughs> uh gosh okay well let's let's start at the beginning finally a cliffhanger is resolved satisfactorily now that being said it was still a pretty easy out but at least we got to see the cause and effect and how it happened she she had to do some like you know techno babble and then some technical 
uh, hit, you know, jiggery pokery, but we actually got a pick right up where we left off, get us out of this situation, and then move on with the story. And I was very that's, this was the most satisfactory way of getting out of the cliffhanger since this show uh, this season began. So kudos to that. That was the number one thing that once that happened, I was like, okay, we got past that. <laughs> this is going to be okay. And man, it sure was. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, No, I, I agree. I liked it a lot. It's, it is also, but at the same time, it's a tough story to try to review because we haven't seen the resolution of it. So some of this story for me could fall down in the future because it either doesn't get resolved or it doesn't have as satisfactory of an ending. But all all the way leading up to that, it's fantastic. Boy, I had I hundred percent disagree with that because even if this doesn't resolve well, even if the story that follows this or stories that follow this don't resolve this setup well. I still would come back to this and say, this was still a terrific episode too bad that they didn't build on this and continue on. But I could, I would still, even if it just completely, the next episode completely tanked and was absolutely, and didn't, didn't even, let's just say they didn't even touch what in the ending of this one. I would still go back to this one and say, well, at least this episode was a banger because it was so good. It was that good. This, I think this is the best episode in the 13th doctor's, uh, uh, season or uh, tenure. This is absolutely my favorite episode of all of Jody's run, including Rosa, including um, uh, what was the one that was set in India uh, or Demons Pakistan? Of the yeah, Demons of the Punjab. Punjab. Better than those. Better than anything that Spyfall. Anything that I've praised. Uh, oh, gosh, man, this was. I was just blown away by this episode. It was so good. What else made this episode great was Professor Jericho. Yes. Oh my he gosh. That's probably one of the best parts of it. He never got bogged down in that you know a lot of times when you have this type type of character there's that uh, you know, that 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 pressed disbelief like you I've got to I've got to I've got to uh, uh discredit everything at every turn that the doctor's trying to say. Now, he did things where you could tell he wasn't quite sure or he did things where he thought maybe something else would work better, but he never ever did that. No, I don't absolutely, absolutely don't believe what's going on here. This is absurd. He wasn't that type of guy. And he totally could, he totally could have been the way that the character was set up. And, but just to be okay, very much. He was just on board with everything. Okay. What do we need to do? I mean, it was, Oh, the characters just, Oh, Piece and just his glee wanting to try to do the reading as well. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor, you know, makes contact with, uh, what's her face. That, was, <laughs> that part was fantastic. He, uh, he, first of all, gains mad bonus points for having one of the best names of a character <laughs> in the history of named characters. Eustace, Eustace, Jeremiah, Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Eustace, Jericho. I mean, just right off the bat, 
that that is that is a win win right yeah. there. Yeah, and even the doctor is like, "Oh, good on you." Good yeah, name. <laughs> and, and and then you follow that up with the, the 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 not so subtle play that you know the walls of Jericho come tumbling down and the angels are there and there's all kinds of religious <laughs> connotations and it's like, okay, I'm on board with this. I, I love a little you know I love a little symbolism in my Doctor Who. Bring it on. Right, right. And then you're right. He's got this uh, this very I'm on board. Now part of that might just be I mean. He's studying psychic phenomena. Yeah. Even in the 60s, this is not exactly a respectable field. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's true. So his willingness to jump on board may have something to do with that, but it doesn't matter. He, he you know, there, at no point in time did even the, the implausibility of stone statues surrounding the house really bother him once he got past the initial shock of it. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? He, yeah. he wasn't the guy standing in the corner going, this is scientifically impossible. This is, this is, this is. He, he was fully open to the idea of, I don't understand enough about how this works. <laughs> All right. And, and that, and that just, oh, he was such a great character. I think the other thing that, that, well, uh, number one, the actor, I've, I've always liked Kevin McNally. I love him as Gibbs in Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't remember this until I was, I was looking at his, uh, IMDb, but he was also in the Twin Dilemma. He was. Uh, I remember us talking about. Yeah, he that was Hugo we Lang, and I, I think after I saw that, I, I remembered us talking about it years ago. And he'd done some big finish too. I think we talked yeah, about him then he has. too. He has. I love Mr. Gibbs, but I, I want, I want, uh, I want him to have a spinoff. I want, I want Professor Jericho to have a spinoff series, <laughs> set in the 1960s. He and Claire, you know. <laughs> well, first, he's got to get back to this. Well, that's true. He's back in uh, <laughs> 1901 now, so. <laughs> I wonder if it's possible for Big Finish to shoehorn in a whole series of. Uh... Well, <laughs> can we bring him on countermeasures and then dump him back where he well, started I'd in order you, to get nabbed? But you know. It, providing he survives i think that even if he's stuck in 1901 uh, i would still love to see him you know exploring phenomena in 1901 might be make it even more interesting because he's going to have a lot more uh ignorance and pushback and you know uh disbelief yeah i don't yeah exactly i mean it's just it's ripe for for a uh, uh uh stories it's just yeah let's do that i like that Sean, let's get on that. We're going to write some some stories, shop them around. Can can we there make them go. like steampunk Ghostbusters? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he can he can be the Egon. <laughs> uh, I think also another thing I like about this is Yaz feels like she gets a little more to do in this story, which I think has been pretty much lacking all along. And Dan gets a little gets put back on the back burner this time. Um, yeah. So it was. I still don't think. Yes, we're not exploring her character enough, but at least she got more to do, and she seemed to be more of the take charge. Uh, she was more of the uh, uh, kind of the guidance in this, especially when her and Dan get sent back. Uh, so I, I I really appreciated the fact that we're getting more yes in this story as well. Well, it seems like whenever there is quote unquote police work to do, yes, yeah. that's when Yaz gets to step up and actually take charge and do something. And it'd be nice to see her do that with something that's not kind of police related, but at least she gets to do something. That was exactly the thought I had. I, I wondered, I was, I was like, yeah, Yaz is doing something. Oh, wait a minute. It's police work. And so I, I, I then struggled with the, okay, so is this a crutch that we're leaning on that she only gets to do this? I mean, she does a little bit, don't get me wrong, 
um, you know, with having what would the doctor do and that kind of stuff on board. You know, are you here? Are you here to repair? Yes, yes, I am. Let's go find out what's going. On. You know, so she she is taking the initiative, but it really seems like her moments to shine are when there's police work, and so now I'm wondering, okay, is this a crutch for the character in that she can really only step up when it's inside her comfort zone or is it just merely her default position that yeah i got that i mean that's a good throw, point that's a good point throw something hard at me and maybe i'll have to rely on the doctor to to get Be, us out of it because but. then if that's just the that's the exploration of her character then it's just there's not enough i mean it's just it's not exploration it's just that's who her character exactly is. yeah exactly it's, it's 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 a job as opposed to character development so yeah but that's you know that's a little niggle and yeah. and that kind of falls back on the way yaz has been treated for the last two seasons in general right um but it was good to see her do stuff and and even dan taking a step back wasn't a bad thing no not at all. Because by this point in the story, I feel like Dan is so caught in the eddy of the events <laughs> that he is floating down river with on a log with no hope <laughs> of navigating any of this. He's just kind of waiting for the huge waterfall to right, come along. Right. <laughs> and so I like the fact that he was the one going, are we in trouble? Okay. <laughs> when he was asking Yaz all these questions, and she's like, I don't know, just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, other characters would have just kept going and kept going, and they would have made a big fight about it. But right. The fact that he just kind of, all right, I let it out. I'm done. Let's move on. Well, and it's nice to have Yaz on her back foot as well with a villain that all you get is what the doctor gives them right off the bat. Yeah. Briefly off the bat. Very briefly. You know, there, there, there's recaps and there's, Oh yeah, don't do this. <laughs> okay. So yeah. it, that was kind of refreshing too, that because a lot of times you feel like Yaz maybe has the confidence that isn't there just by the, the actress's presence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I yeah, you didn't get that in this one. I think Yaz and Dan not having a lot of information to uh, on the angels ratcheted up the tension because especially mm -hmm. when they get sent back, you think, okay, what are they going to do? They haven't had any sort of experience with angels before. They don't know all the ins and outs. They don't know the nuances. They've got just that little bit that the doctor dumped on them at the beginning of the story. And so it, it ratchets up that tension a little more because you're like, okay, they're in real danger now. Mm -hmm. So speaking of ratcheting up tension, I thought it was very interesting that we discussed this very <laughs> thing. <laughs> I thought that while watching it. I, I mean, you know, admittedly, we the angels, we know they're coming. We know the title of the episode. We get the sneak peek and the angels. And we had a little bit so of we had a springboard. last episode. Yeah. yeah, we get a pretty good springboard off of that for the discussion last week. But we talked about this exact well, scenario. That's, that's the crazy thing about that, though. And I think that that was something that I appreciated about this story as well is, as we said last week, and, and Keith pointed this out, that we were talking about the image of an angel is an angel. And we said, and Keith said, you know, as the, at least they are, you know, they've built that lore. They haven't shoved it aside, just pretended like it didn't exist anymore. They've gone ahead and built on it since that's become part of the lore. And I think that the angel on board idea in this one, I think we, as we debated it last week on how that works and, and, and that we didn't quite, or I, I said, I didn't quite like that part of it. They went with it this week, and they 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 addressed it, and I think it actually I 
and maybe it's just coming off the high of such a good episode, but I'm a little more okay with the onboard angel idea, especially when the doctor was able to make contact with it and in her subconscious and have that communication. And it almost sold that idea of the onboard image or not image, but the angel in the mind idea. They deepened the idea more than just, it was a way for the angel to manifest it. It took it and explored it in a new direction where it's an angel hiding out, you know, as opposed to just, being menacing there was other motivations behind it so it gave not only the angels depth and some more character development but the ideas depth yeah yeah and that 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 for me i think was while we i i feel like the 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 rest of the image of an angel becomes an angel with pictures and drawings and and monitors i feel like that element those elements worked so much better in this than they ever did in in flesh and stone that the, they just it's kind of like we took that idea and made it work well more so because we actually got to see the mechanics of it a, a little bit more whereas and in, that might be it yeah in, in flesh and stone yeah. we only really got the image of the angel being the angel on that monitor and that's all we really kind of talked about. And so this time, actually, like you say, getting the drawings, getting the etchings, getting the, in turn, getting the monitor and, and on building on top of that, I think it kind of helped to kind of see it in action a little better as well. And it was realized. You've seen well. it more than once. Yeah. Yeah. And cool ways to make it even creepier, you know, with it coming out of the TV and the angel coming out of the drawing the, the way it projected out of the drawing <laughs> and then crumpled and then caught fire and very <laughs> and then, cool and then manifesting on fire which was yeah crazy so i'm sitting on the couch watching this super late sunday night it's like i don't know midnight or something because we had we had a very long day and it's super late mel's working in her office and she has been so busy she has not seen any of this season yet we, we've been trying to find a time for her to get caught up and just haven't been successful. But in order for me to be current with the podcast, it's like, well, hon, I'm going to have to watch it without you. So she knows the angels are in it, obviously. She can hear some of the audio from the other room. <laughs> and all she can hear, other than the little blips and blurbs, is me going, oh, ooh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Along with a few relatively choice descriptor words that I will not repeat on the podcast. Now, when that thing came out on fire, (laughs) I I think I created a few new swear words (laughs) (laughs) because not only was this episode legit scary, which it was, I was kind of lamenting the fact this wasn't the Halloween episode. I thought the same, but it kept that tension level like it starts off and there's a level of tension and it maintained it and then it ratcheted up and it maintained that level and then it ratcheted up and it maintained that level i mean it was just this outstanding you know bring to a rolling boil kind of kind of feeling and then this thing comes out on fire and as he said, after, you know, she crumples it up and it, the, the image goes, and it's like, oh, that was cool, you know, and she throws it in the, and, and I'm thinking, okay, good. That's, and I was really grateful because I was expecting her to point the Sonic at it 
and have it light on fire. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we've seen that at one point in time in the past, oh, yeah. and I complained about it. Have we? But I don't know. Maybe sure it felt like it was something. I don't think that, so. I don't think so. But yeah, you're right. It was refreshing that she didn't. But she didn't. She lit a match. I was like, oh, thank goodness. And so I'm just getting over my relief of, yeah, burn it up. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> don't burn it up. Don't burn it up. And, and I, I, I just had this whole, what do you do? What do you do? With What's scarier than an, a burning it? Now, I guess, okay, if you really want to analyze it, if it's on fire, there's always going to be a light source. So maybe it wouldn't be as scary if it was on fire because then we get to the tunnel scene later. But still, <laughs> the thing was on fire. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Speaking of the tunnel. <laughs> after after I thought it couldn't get any scarier than Flaming Angel <laughs> suddenly Angel arms coming out of the stonework of the tunnel wow that was intense that was so intense and the 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 the, the boom that would happen every time they would move boom boom that was yeah. just oh man it was so good and I, I kept I kept thinking, how are they going to get out of this? How they, the whole time I'm thinking, how are they going to get out of this? Now, uh, coming up to the conclusion, which we'll talk to talk about in a little bit, but just all the way up to that point, I kept thinking, how are they going to get out of this? Especially when the first time that uh, Yaz and Dan walk up to the edge of the village, and they're talking, to, uh, Peggy talks about how it it's encroaching and coming closer each time, and she takes them to show it to them, and. They're just like on the edge of space. And I thought, okay, wait a minute. I did not expect that to come. I thought, how yeah. does, yeah. I thought, how does that work? And it, it, I, number one, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. But then I'm thinking, okay, how does this work? Because we're just sending them, they're just sending them back in time to 1901. So why is there suddenly just a chunk of, of the earth missing and, and all you can see is space? And then when I when we realized that the same thing is happening in, in the uh, 1960s, and they explained the whole quantum, the village is not there anymore. It's been quantum extracted. I thought, oh, wow, what an amazing concept. What a great yeah. idea that that's how they've pulled these people out of, you know, th their own realities. And they're, they're been, they've been quantum extracted. I thought, wow, that is so cool. And, and my first thought was that the realization of that they're, part of the division yeah yeah and that's how they were able to do it not because they were weeping angels the fact that it was the combination of the two is just really well done well yeah that that dropping that bomb that they're working for the division it was like whoa and my first thought when i saw that effect actually well, first of all it was a cool effect um but my first thought was well it has to do with the flux that something has happened yeah. and now it's reaching back into the past and has destroyed the planet and you know, or, or something on those lines. But then the, the, the quantum extraction came out and it was like, okay, now wait a minute. Does that mean what I'm thinking? I think it means. And the more they talked about this idea of quantum extraction, the more I went, okay, yeah, this totally means what I think it means. And it's interesting because uh, not everybody is enamored with this. I was actually just reading an article from, I think it was on io9, which, you know, admittedly <laughs> io9 is suspect in some cases for things. But they, they, they were very despondent on the episode and talked about how much of the Weeping Angel lore has now been destroyed 
by giving them all these new abilities. They can talk through people. They can do this. They, can what, what? they did that in hack. Flesh and Stone. And and I thought that to myself. I was like, have you never watched this show before? Or yeah. have you only seen Blink? Because it seems like all of these things are things that have come along. And not only are these things things that came along, they're all things that this episode really defined better. Because whatever ability they're doing, it's very specific to this episode to explain how they're doing it. I thought, yeah. yes, including yeah. the quantum extraction. Yeah. The, the only re- it's not that angels can do this; it's that they're working for the division. So I don't think it's all angels. No, 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 no. It's no. just this group of angels that are employees of the division, as it were. Correct. Right. That's the way I took it as so, well. I, I don't. I and maybe apparently there's still some confusion about that out there. But it's like that's nah, not what I got from this at all. So I'm yeah. glad you guys are on the same page right. with no, me. No, no, absolutely. But. Um, yeah, the, as 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 it went, and it, we kept getting, and it's it's funny that we we've, we've really focused on the doctor's kind of through arc with the angels primarily, and didn't really talk much about the rest of the goings on in the episode because we've got this missing girl, and of course we're all in the know. When you title your episode "Village of the Angels," it's like, oh, they got her. You're yeah, not going to find right, her out right, there. Right. You're not going to find her out there in the woods. She is gone. Um, but then I felt like that had. Uh, you know, a very satisfactory wibbly wobbly. Yeah, with her, you in, know, her future self. Although I saw trying to trying to oh, warn totally. people, I I sort of did too. But but her future self trying to warn people about what was yeah. happening. I thought that was kind of neat. And then yeah, her, as soon when, as the old lady showed up in the well, graveyard, was trying to warn the priest. I was like, oh, I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> and when they meet at that divide, where there's that you know force field between them. And uh, she starts to remember. She goes, oh, I remember this. And the strange lady on the other side and realizing, you know, that's me. And yeah, that was, that was kind of neat. But that, I thought, I felt like that was quality. I felt like the, uh, the, the, all of the angel reveals worked for me. The one hidden in the graveyard and um, which then that kind of set me off on a whole ugh, thought process of <laughs> cemeteries and, and it, yeah, no, I'm not ready for that. Um, and so, you know, all of that worked. And then the, the annoying uncle. Yeah. And his comeuppance, which is kind of one of those, it's like, okay, he totally deserved it. I don't know that she did, but. Right. And also that it would seemed a little, it seemed a little flippant and crass when the, when the little girl wasn't even affected by it. She's because she says, well, he. How, how'd she say he was never nice to me or something he was like never that. nice to yeah. Me. yeah well that's okay but still it, it's maybe he didn't deserve a, a fate worse than death i don't know it's kind of if you're in that position and in under the thumb of something like that and you know we don't know the details of what was going on and, at the same yeah. time and like, i think that's eh, that's yeah. why i can kind of let it pass a little bit because there there may have been more to it but would any of the orphans complained if uh, Miss Hannigan had been turned to dust in front of them? Nah, probably not. <laughs> uh, I disagree there, but um, really, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mrs. Hannigan, Annie, right? <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Hannigan wasn't wasn't the best, and nobody wanted to stay with her. But I don't think anybody wanted ill will her for her, especially when she kind of. Oh man, has, I did. She sort of has a redemption <laughs> moment at the end, though, too. So. I, Okay, that's a sidetrack moment, but no, I, I'm I'm angry 
I do not like the fact that people <laughs> show up to that birthday party at the end of that movie and act like nothing's wrong. Well, oh, that makes me angry. But, well, she, the redemption moment is is when she's trying to stop the brother from uh, pursuing Annie up the the girder because she she nah, knows too little too she, late. she knows at that point that that he's going to kill her and he she doesn't she's not going to go that far. So too little too late. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Back from this tangent. <laughs> So, and then the other thing that's going on here is we're getting more of uh, uh, Belle's story, and uh, then we get to see Vendor, obviously, when he finally catches up oh, to, yeah. the, to the planet. She's like, yeah. So, who was it last week that said that uh, he didn't think that uh, Vendor and Belle's story was over yet? No one. That was me. Yeah. I think oh. I might have said something I think I said, that, I, yeah. don't think, I don't think their part's over with. But. Oh, yeah. We all, oh, we all didn't think it was, uh, wasn't over. Oh, okay. All right. We all thought it was going to continue. Yeah. Well, I think that we. I think there was some, there were some hopeful, there were some hopeful comments that maybe that was it. <laughs> I don't remember making those comments. Um, I think they were hopeful. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so either. I, I enjoyed her arc. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> but the uh, uh, I, I think they gave us a little bit more. Uh, I, I don't know that it gave us any more other than she was pretty resolute to move on and keep, uh, was it Azura from, uh, using passenger on more people. And she did say yeah, it wasn't the one guy <laughs> who, who at the end, I think finally realized that when he tells Vendor, you know, tell her, thank you. Cause I think she saved me. Yeah. yeah, and it was uh, it was interesting to kind of see what was been again what's been going on in the universe with the doctors dealing with whatever the doctors dealing with, and right. the idea that it's a nice way know, to step away and say, "Hey, remember this is happening." Yeah, and the fact that you know Azure is capturing people for whatever reason, uh, I think that's gonna that just kind of adds to their their mystery overall and f- what what they're plotting and. Reminding us that they're still out there doing something. Yeah, I think that for me might be the one part of this episode that doesn't quite track well. But again, like Keith said, because it's part of this larger arc. I mean, we were already told that these passenger forms are they contain people. And so now we've been given, yeah, and, and now we've been given the backstory on how they contain people that they're, you know, ostensibly quote unquote rescuing and no, we're just trapping them and leaving them in there and then we'll dispose of them as needed. But it, for me, it's still kind of in this nebulous, well, what is your end game? What are you using these people? You know, it's not just that they're, uh, you know, chess pieces to be moved around or hostages to be bargained with. I don't buy that. I think there's a deeper reason for it all that we haven't been given yet. And yeah. because we still don't know that, that felt, almost too much of an aside that it was yeah okay things are bad get back to what they get back to the angels <laughs> well that one was on fire did you see that i don't care what's going on on this planet bad okay move on but I, I, again once they reveal what's going on i'll probably be more excited about it well we haven't really talked about uh claire yet especially since we met her in the first episode of the season yeah, and I, I'm, I was trying to figure that out because she acts like she has met the Doctor and Yaz before when we are introduced to her 
and uh, the Halloween apocalypse. And my impression was that she that we were going to kind of see the reverse of that here, which we kind of did. But then I kind of wondered why we didn't explain that that Claire had traveled back a couple of times or something like that. Well, it, in this I don't, one, I don't they, think it was the fact that she traveled back a couple of times. It's, it's, it's not. It's not. They explained it in a way that she has these premonitions, and that's yeah. how she saw the Doctor and Yaz. But I thought. That's not the way you sort of delivered it in the first one. And maybe I had made it up bigger in my head, but that seemed kind of like a a cheat to me. Just a little bit of a, okay, she has premonition, so she saw them, and that's how she, you know, in her, in her mind, and that's how she knew. But it does make sense that if the angel that was on board was was baiting the doctor, it does make and sense that, yeah, that he would and, yeah. plant that image, so or it would plant those images. So that was, yeah, I that was, that. I was, when, I was, yeah, I was kind of wishy-washy on that, but yeah, when we meet her in the first one, it seems very apparent to me when she goes, Oh, you haven't met me yet or whatever, or right. is that tonight? That, right. And then, and then when the angel shows up, it's like, Oh, well, okay. She obviously will meet them. We just haven't been introduced to that. Okay. With you. But then this time around, it's like, Oh, she has these premonitions and that's how she knew that she would meet them. And it's like, well, but she's still from the future, so she doesn't necessarily need that. But, well, I guess it still works. I don't know. I, I right. agree with you. It's no, like yeah. it, it, it was there, but again, didn't matter. <laughs> it, it, I guess at this point, it felt like that was the only way Chibnall could get her into the first ep- into the first episode, and mm-hmm. because we, he 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 went to great lengths to try to introduce us to a lot of the players in that first story, yeah. and it seemed like that after. The explanation after we finally got the explanation for that, it felt like a cheaty way to do it. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That means that I liked her as a character. I did. I Very liked her much. as a character as well. Yeah, she was she was good, and and it was, uh, yeah, well well done. I I liked her a lot. It's unfortunately that she was just being used as a. Uh, uh, as bait. A puppet, yeah, <laughs> as bait. And I really believed the angel that he he was, you know, <laughs> when he said that he would, if he could get, if she could get them to quit chasing him. And I really, I, I bought that hook, line, and sinker that he was this rogue angel, and that he was running from them. And and they kind of still left that that way because at the end it makes they they she tells him that uh, he had made a deal with them. In order yeah. to, in order, instead of, they were chasing him, but he was going to make a trade, uh, his life or his freedom, I guess, for the doctors. And so yeah. it, it still but ended he, up that I, way. I think he always knew that he was going to be able to make that trade. Yes, exactly. I think that, that, that he, she, he's been baiting her all along. Don't get me wrong. And I think that yeah. in, in the moment of that, them talking, he was still lying to her. But, oh yeah, he was lying about needing her help. He right. just needed her into a position where he could do the trade. Right, right. And then that brings us to that probably one of the best cliffhangers I've ever seen in the entire series <laughs> of the Doctor transforming into an angel. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a cliffhanger where it's how do you how can you even 
resolve that in a satisfactory way. <laughs> yeah. Which goes back to what you were saying at the very beginning, that if yes. they don't, you could have, that would maybe for you taint this episode a little bit. I still disagree, but I'm, I agree in the fact that you did such a, a, an amazing cliffhanger here. If your resolution isn't as good, then I'm going to be upset. Not with what you did at the end of this one, but how you tried to resolve it the next one. Yeah, that's the that's the tightrope, and I I almost felt like it was. Once I got over the shock of it, it almost felt like it was one. Dun dun dun! Too many. Because you get the reveal that the angels in on it, and that oh we've traded you. And that's how we're getting out of here. I, well, for, I mean, first of all, you got that fantastic visual of all of them and you know, <laughs> coming out of the tunnel mouth. I'm going, oh, this is not good. And then you find out that the angel has betrayed her. And nope, it's you that we've been after this whole time and that we're division. And it's like, holy crap, what's going to happen? Oh, yeah, we're, we're heading back now. You've been recalled. And it's like, OK, here we go. This is the, the big Wow. And then the transformation happens and the doctor actually sprouts wings and turns to stone. So now I'm like, okay, so is this a side effect of quantum extraction that you have to be turned into a quantum being in order to be removed from the, uh, you know, the time stream as it were to go back? Or is it, is there something else at work? Or has the doctor been an angel all along and had an angel inside of her and didn't know it? Or does it fall under the new guidelines of that which holds the image of an angel becomes an angel? I, you know, there's there's so many different ways that that could be taken. Yeah, and I, I just felt like maybe it was one thing too many to pile on the plate. Well, I, I imagine especially that's... when you have the 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 when you then later have the realization, oh well, now Dan and Yaz because the doctor's being recalled is trapped back in time yeah that alone at one point would have been its own cliffhanger yeah absolutely it, it it sort of makes you wonder because that is the one thing that we're left with questions as far as the the powers that the angels have that is one thing that i can credit io io nine with is yeah there's one that maybe we don't know but i'm presuming that's going to be answered you know later on so yeah and in a cliffhanger situation again i'm not upset i'm going to allow it because you know, wow, what a cliffhanger, as you said. Possibly the best one in the history of the show. It was that impressive, and it was amazing. Um, and the whole episode is, is great like that. Now, the only concern that I have, we have a ton of plates spinning. We have a lot of balls in the air. We have two episodes left. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, un unless the two specials that are coming up next year are actually well, that's, Flux Part 7 and 8. That's <laughs> what I'm afraid of, is that they're going to carry this Flux story into the specials. I don't Which, know. If there's no subplots or no other plots that are happening, they could potentially wrap this up in two episodes. If, if, if all they do is focus on Flux storylines and... How it all ties together? Yeah, yeah. I mean, two episodes worth easy. That is almost well. They're going to have to. They're going to have to. I can't see them doing any more quote unquote standalones because I think we didn't really have a standalone this season. But if I were, if you 
forced me to pick which ones were standalone or standalone-ish, it would be this one and the uh, War of the Suntarans. Yeah. Which, funnily enough, is another of the and the antagonist. <laughs> so it's the something of the antagonist. <laughs> I, I think the, the war for me, the War of the Suntarans is definitely the standalone of the episode that you know their events tie into the overall plot structure because they're just taking advantage of it but that's kind of the extent of it whereas this one i don't know that i could say that yeah i mean this one has got a standalone villain in a way it's you know because we've had oh here's the dalek show up oh here's the cybermen show up oh here's the 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 show up and you know not all of them got a full-blown episode but they've man this has been doctor who's greatest hits uh, as far as trotting out villain of the week, but by that same token, this is the one that feels honestly the most integrated in a way, even last week, which was all plot. And we com- I, I complained about, well, it, it feels like it's, you know, I can't make a judgment call on it because I don't know where they're going with it yet. This one almost feels like more of that, mm. but it was done in my mind so much better. And maybe yeah, just because, yeah of how the weeping angels fit into this thing. I guess though, this one structurally though, has a beginning, middle and end, even though it's the end, isn't the end that we wanted or the end <laughs> that we expected. But it, the reason I think it feels more standalone ish is because for the most part, it focuses on one consistent story. It's not jumping around as much. Now we did get the, the bell story interweaved in here, but we didn't get as much of it. And so there was a lot more focus on the angels. And I guess I agree with you, War of the Suntarns feels much more like a standalone. But this one, because it had a beginning, middle, and end, it really, to me, still felt like it could have been a standalone story had you not had all of the underlying structure in there of, of you know, if you didn't have Division in there, if you didn't have yeah. Bell in there, if you didn't have that kind of stuff. And and in fact, I suspect, I very much suspect it started off as a that, that Maxine Alderton, Alderton came into this with a story and Chibnall said, well, let's go this direction with it because it, and she's a wonderful, wonderful writer. She also did, yeah. which I think we all enjoyed the haunting of Villa uh, Diodati. We all yes. we all liked that, and it was proper scary as well. So she's really got a handle on horror, in my opinion. Um, yeah, she really does. But I bet she came with one idea that that I think probably the the uh, the, the meat village. of it, the, the, yeah, the meat of it was still there. But I think Chib probably you know said, okay, well, what if we did this so we can connect it to what I'm doing here? Yeah. Which and it, some of it depends on you know how the division aspect of things tie into kind of the flux aspect of things too. Cause if the division is a setup for, you know, specials and resolution or re- regeneration specials and regeneration that makes this episode a little more standalone in the flux storyline. So it all depends on how, it ties in later or if it does tie in later my, my we're gonna have to we're gonna have to stand back and look at flux as a whole to really see my, where the standalone is my suspicion is is that we're not going to get much more angel after this and i think the reason it is is because i think by making this faction of angels part of division 
they're only now working as a delivery service for something else. I think they yeah. their goal was to capture the doctor. They've done that. Now they have to drop her off, and then they're done. I think that's where Agreed. this is going to end up going. So that, to me, is why also I think this is more standalone than anything. Yeah. Anyway, good stuff. Did we 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 liked it so we don't go as long but um we've talked about <laughs> we've talked about 45 minutes on it so <laughs> I guess if we really really like something we go long too so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I could keep going. <laughs> well, do we have any uh finishing thoughts about the the story? Anything we haven't touched on that you guys want to talk about? Excited you about it? We've kind of hit on, hit on, well, we've hit on all my points. Oh, the mid credit scene. We oh, yeah. We haven't seen a mid credit scene since, since what? Haven't said? I mean, that was just boom, right out of nowhere. And it, I like how the, 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 the credits are rolling. And then you get this, like, interrupting transmission, you know? <laughs> and then we get that scene. And then we get the same interrupted transmission back. And we just pick up the credits <laughs> where we left off. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. And it was it, it was satisfying that this near religious zealot from the previous scene, she you know tell her she saved my life, tell her thank you. Yeah. Or I think she saved my. Okay, that that kind of helps resolve that and and, and wraps that up. And then poor vendor. <laughs> oh, coordinates. <laughs> you probably need to know that. And what are you doing to us? Yeah. Yeah. These two better get back together. That, that's, <laughs> that's that's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. They 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 better uh, they they better get back together. I will be very upset. <laughs> they better not be the tragedy of this story. Right. Exactly. We'd like to take a moment to mention that we are now part of the Direction Point Podcast Network. It's a network specifically for Doctor Who podcasts like ours. Other podcasts on the network include the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the Doctor Who Target Book Club Podcast, Police Box in a Junkyard Podcast, and Time Streams. You can find us all at directionpoint.org. Be sure to check it out. All right, well, I think we've got a... uh special secret word to give out this week so sean you want to take that i will once again if you've been listening we are giving away a copy of looney labs flux the card game the doctor who edition and uh they uh, were kind enough to gift us one and we are kind enough to pass it on to you all you have to do to get registered is to email us with the code word tonight's code word is flaming f-l-a-m-i-n-g and if you've seen it, you know why. <laughs> As we discussed earlier. Right. All right. Well, what do we got coming up on the uh, schedule? Well, we've got two episodes of Who left, and uh, we've got two uh, two episodes of the schedule left. <laughs> That's as far as I've planned out. Uh, so next week, we'll come back with, uh, with uh, Survivors of the Flux and find out, hopefully... <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I think the other Only thing someone. I think the other thing we can let people know is uh, we are aware that uh, Evil of the Daleks released in North America for us last week. In fact, I just got my copy, and we are we Ooh. do have that that I think I think if Sean 
will let us. We're going to hopefully put that on the schedule right after we're done reviewing uh, the uh, season, current season. I guess we can do that. <laughs> I twist your arm a little bit. You twist my arm. <laughs> so we don't want we don't want people to to go. Hey, you know, a, a, a DVD came out. You guys aren't going to do anything on it. But yes, we are. It, it's coming soon. And I can't wait. I'm very excited, actually. Even yeah, though, yeah, me too. You know, even though it's a Dalek episode. You know, uh, funny yeah. enough, that's probably one of the only lost stories that I have not completely listened to the recon on. I started it on a trip, and my copy, excuse me, the rest of it was corrupted. And so I heard the first two stories of it, and I always intended to go back and finish it, and I don't think I ever have. So I I, I know the details of the story just from you know stuff I've read, but I've only I've only ever listened to the first two uh, episodes of it. So I'm excited for this one too because this will be the last thing that I haven't I haven't taken in in any and in its entirety in any form so really yeah nice all right well be sure to check out the website travelingthevortex.com for updates and if you get any value out of this podcast why not put some value back into it you can do that by becoming a patron on our patreon account and uh subscribers uh heads up if you didn't know we do have some additional content i have started uh uh, continuing to uh, review the comic adventures that uh, I started oh, back mid-year, I think it was. Uh, so if you are a subscriber, you could continue with me on that journey. And uh, we're going to hopefully offer some other uh, uh, exclusives for people as well. Because we want we want to give you guys something back for helping us out. And so uh, our, our commitment to you is to uh, make sure that you guys are getting something just a little bit special and would maybe entice others to kind of help us out uh, with the podcast by donating to our Patreon and uh, getting that extra bonus stuff as well. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to the podcast and join in on the conversation and our listeners forum on Facebook. You can find a link to that on our Facebook page. Anything else we need to uh, do before we close this show out, fellas? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.